Thank you for listening to this training audio. We hope it inspires and equips you. This recording is by Victoria Beach, titled Faith at Home, Ancient Yet New, from the Untapped Children's Ministry Conference on the 13th of February, 2021. The first lockdown birthday we had in our family um, was my daughter turning um, nine. It was last May, so we were kind of new. That was the first lockdown, wasn't it? And she was really gutted that she couldn't meet up with her friends. And... um, so we put together a party in a box, or rather I did, a party in a box. And I made it one of these like really thin boxes so that it would go through people's letterboxes. Because at that point, I'd forgotten that we're all at home. So it doesn't really matter whether the postman rings the bell or not. But anyway, it was in a little tiny box. And so I kind of made these activities for them to do, some crafts for them to make and things um, and to go in this box. And one of the things she asked for was um, a piñata. And I'm like, in a box, right? Um, and obviously to do a piñata on Zoom, you've got to have one each. So I had to make piñata for each child for their box. She also wanted it to be a donkey with like fringing. She had a total like clear idea. So I spent the majority of a day making little tiny piñata donkeys that were thin enough to fit into my thin boxes to go through the letterbox and then cutting up the fringing and glue gunning it all together. And basically the children, what they had to do when it arrived for them is they just had to glue on the fringing um, and then we'd put a string and we'd already put the sweets in it and then they hit it and the sweets fall out and stuff. So they loved it. But like, honestly, the glue gunning of a little tiny donkey was just, yeah. ah. Um, It's the sort of thing that us children's workers do, isn't it? You know, take on a crazy project and then halfway through realise we're going to spend the whole of our Sunday or our Saturday evening gluing something together. So the next um, birthday, I'm loving this. I'm going to collect these ideas um the next birthday in our house was december and we were we were kind of in that weird lockdown weren't we in that kind of not really lockdown but kind of lockdown and so we couldn't really have a party um so we decided to go for party in the box again and um this time i decided to just go for like proper size boxes i was like none of this crazy it's only got to be 2.2 millimeters thing so we went for like proper boxes the kids decorated them and of course my other daughter also requests pinatas of course because they are epic and I'm like no no this time I'm not going to be making tiny donkey pinatas um, and my, my daughter who's very inventive said to me um don't worry mummy we will come up with a different way and we'll we'll um um and she sits there for like th- five seconds she goes I know we'll have a game called smash the bag. And what we'll do is we'll collect sweets into a paper bag and then tape the bag shut and put a bit of string on it. And then we'll just smash it with a wooden spoon and they'll fall out all over the floor. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. So my children did that. They prepared the the game. So if you want to steal this game, the game is officially called smash the bag. Um, And it basically involves smashing a bag of sweets all over the floor. Um, And it was epic. It was brilliant. It was definitely the highlight of the Zoom party that we had in December. But it just just reviewing that, thinking, trying to be creative about my own birthday and thinking, what is it that I really love? What is it that I enjoy? What brings me joy around my birthday other than meeting up with my friends? Um, And it made me realise quite how creative and inventive we have been this year haven't we um and i just wanted to recognize that in the in the in the room that we have here of the 70 80 of us that are here there's been an incredible amount of growth and learning and innovation that has gone on in the last 12 months and i just when i was preparing this i just felt like god was delighted with the creativity that's happened this year and i know that probably lots of you are a bit like me and that you would not describe yourself as technically 
savvy or a technical expert and that you probably have a male person in your life who you bring in to try and fix technical things for you. And some of you are looking at that, um, the escape room going, I have no idea. I don't even know where to start making something like that. And yet, actually, in the last year, I can guarantee that all of you have stepped out of your comfort zone. You've made something that you've never made before. You've done something in a way that you've never done before. And I just got this real sense of God's delight in that because our God is a creator God and he's made all of us creative. And this time um, of difficulty and being locked down and being having to do things completely different has forced us to emulate that, so has brought out of us some of the creativity that God has placed in us. I was reminded of this verse, if um, somebody could share that, that screen, that'd be fantastic. This verse from Zephaniah 3, 17, it's one of my favourite Bible verses, and it says this, we're going to get there. It says, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. We've got that screen. Looks like Sarah is screening over there. I just felt that God wanted to remind you that the Lord, your God, is with you. And he has been with you this year as you've been creative. And he is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. I'm just pausing there because I just really felt like, particularly for some of you, this is really important for you to know that God is with you and that he is mighty and saves you. That he takes great delight in you. That he will quiet you with his love. And that he will rejoice over you with singing. Okay, thank you. If we can remove that, that'd be fab. We're going to return to that verse in a few minutes. Um, I wanted to share about faith at home, ancient yet new. Um, and I wanted us to play a game. Um, it's a really different type of game from what we've just been doing. Um, and I want us to get a fall into breakout groups in just a minute. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to think about where God meets with his people, because it's very easy for us to spend quite a lot of our creative energy trying to work out how to get God into people's lives. And yet the reality of the situation is that God has always met with his people. And so I want us to play this game to see if we can think of times in the Bible when God has met with his people at home. So times when people have encountered God, a supernatural experience, or they've heard God speak to them, or they've seen God do something, but they have been at home while they're doing it. Okay, and in your breakout room, you're going to need to nominate a scribe. And afterwards, we're going to come back and we're going to need those scribes to share your answers. But, and there is a big but here, so listen up for this one. But the answers you give, you only get a point for if your answer is unique to your group. Okay, so there's 75 of us on the call at the moment. Okay, so you've got to think of encounters with God that happened in home at home that other people are less likely to think of than you, okay? So, 
Can we fall into breakout groups? I don't know who's doing this. Who's coordinating this? Can the breakout room person get their finger ready on the button? So you're going to fall into breakout groups. You need to assign a scribe who needs to quickly write. You are only going to have two minutes to do this. OK, um, normally you would now have two minutes to move your chairs around. All right. So you're not moving around. As soon as you're in that breakout room, you've got two minutes and then we're going to call you back. So get shouting out those um, assign your scribe, volunteer quickly for it as a scribe, and then you've got to quickly get down as many stories of God encounters at home in the Bible. Okay, let the breakout rooms begin. I love that game because it's it's an amazing way. When you first start thinking about that, I, I know this happened in our group that you kind of go, oh, at home, really? God's people meeting him at home and then as you get going you find more and more um, ideas come to your mind and actually you came up with between us just in two minutes we came up with 46 different stories where God's people encountered God at home uh, so this is faith at home is not something that's a new thing for us um, in this COVID time but it's something that we should be really encouraged and reassured that God has always met with his people where they are and if we are locked in our homes, if we are in lockdown and the only people that we see are the occasional delivery people or the people who we're, we're working with on the front line, God is there. God is with us. And as that verse from Zephaniah says, the Lord your God is with you. And I was looking at this, we, we talk about Emmanuel, don't we, at Christmas time. And I was looking at this whole sense of God's presence being with us and God's, sense of the, God's presence also being with each of the children, each of the families, each of the young people that we want to serve. So this is not about us trying to find activities or prayers or ways of getting God and trying to get God into their to-do list or into their house and, you know, trying to get them to find space to make, make, you know, to make God be there. God is there. God is with them already. Um, instead, our task, I think, is to help them to recognise God's presence with them, help them to rejoice in God's presence with them, help them to rest in God's presence with them and help them to be restored and inspired in a God life, in a life that's full of all the goodness of God in their home, in their family and in the community that they are part of and that they are having um, contact with. I am... Um, I wanted to show you just a little bit more about that verse. If we could have the screen up with the the Lord your God is with you verse up again. Um, I'm um, slightly Jewish and I love looking at the Hebrew in these words. So this phrase here, the Lord your God is with you. So the Lord is the verse, there's the word Yahweh, um, which is all about the covenant God. And then the words your God is is the intimate, it's Elohim, it's, it's the intimacy, it's our God, the God of us. Um, and then the words with you, it's not just God is with you holding your hand, it's God is in your midst, God is in the middle of you, God is in your inmost parts, which is why this little um, baby has got an arrow to its tummy. So it's a little bit like when God's people were camping in the desert, that where they had their hundreds and hundreds of tents, in the middle of that camp, was the tabernacle and God had planned this so that in the midst, in the middle of their physical dwelling place was this place where God's dwelling rested and so God was with them in the midst um, and this this is really essential isn't it, this is not like an add-on to your life, this is God is right in the middle of all the stuff that's going on. Let's have the next slide please. 
God, it says he is mighty to save. And this is the NIV version. He is mighty to save. Um, so he is mighty is the Hebrew word El Gibur. Now El is God and Gibur is a word that means strong, powerful, mighty, victorious warrior. Okay. So this isn't like, you know, your mum holding your hand so you don't sleep over in the snow. This is like an epic person who is an epic God, not a person, an epic God, somebody who is strong and powerful and victorious. And he's with you. And it says he's mighty to save. Literally, the Hebrew says, um, God, he is mighty. He will save. So this is not just like he could save you. This is he will save. He is mighty and he will save this is this is something i feel like um we can pray pray as a blessing on the children and families and young people that we know that they will experience this powerful mighty victorious god with them to save them in the specific ways that they need delivering that word save is um the word from which we get the word the name joshua and the name jesus um and so this is all about deliverance this is about being brought out from a place of hardship and a place of difficulty and a place where we can't escape from ourselves but that we have a deliverer somebody who saves us this strong powerful warrior who brings us out of this place let's have the next slide it says he will quiet you. Oh, sorry, he will take great delight in you. We talked a little bit about this earlier. Um, and then the next, the, this word great delight um, is, is a glorious word in Hebrew. It means to rejoice with gladness or exceeding joy. This is not like he's a bit, he's a bit happy. He's all right. He'll give you a thumbs up. This is like exceeding joy, almost mirth. This is like, um, I don't know what you find funny what you've been using as your kind of comedy uh, therapy and in my household we love Bill Bailey we find him utterly hilarious but you know that feeling when you actually have kind of like a belly laugh that whole kind of like <laughs> like a kind of Santa laugh this is he will take great delight in you um I, I don't know um if, if those of you who've got children in your home when you come back from being out of the house we don't really leave our house an awful lot at the moment um when I come back from the supermarket my children come into the hallway and they kind of dance from one Put together, but have you got us anything? Have you got us anything? Have you got us anything? And so I have to kind of when I'm going around the supermarket, try and find something that will kind of tick their box as a little gift. So sometimes it's like a little um succulent from Audi, or sometimes it's a magazine or the Beano or something like that. Um, but their delight um of getting just a little gift, just something that's that's special, um, I, is a little bit, I think, about how God takes great delight in us. And the next line says. He will quiet you with his love. Um, I've looked into this and it actually means it has the possibility of meaning quite a few different things. But this um, this poem, this prophecy for Zephaniah wrote was written to God's people when they were when some of them had already been exiled and when the rest of them were about to be exiled. But this chapter of Zephaniah is all about God's restoration of his people. And so this is, you know, bad stuff has happened to you, but now God will quiet you with his love. Um, and it has a kind of connotation of God will hold his peace with you. God is God is not going to blast you from the face of the earth. He will hold his peace. He will be quiet and he will love you. And I, I think that for, for lots of us that we need this feeling um, of, of being held by God um, and that God is with us and that his peace and his quietness and his love is are with us. And then this final line says, he will rejoice over you with singing. Um, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you've made little babies like this. So these are the little babies that we've been making this week in my home. 
Um, so they come in a matchbox. You make like a little matchbox bed and they have little babies. This is not really a, it's not really a faith at home thing. It's just a, like a, um, a home ed fun thing that we've been doing. Um, this one is made by my, um, my eight-year-old daughter who loves wacky stuff. And I'll tell you what, if Jessica rejoiced over you were singing, you would totally know about it because <laughs> she is. She would be really good, but she's quite into opera singing at the moment. So I often hear her just singing like opera. <laughs> this is what this word, rejoice over you were singing, is talking about. It's a ringing cry. This is not just God gently lullabying you. This is a ringing cry, a joyful shout, or just shouting like God is going you're amazing I'm so chuffed that you are with me I'm so pleased that I'm your God and that you're my people I am rejoicing over you and that word over you actually can also mean because of you or concerning you and again when I was preparing this this is one of the things I really felt was that God is rejoicing over you over you personally, over us as a group, that he has seen the creativity that's gone on over the last year and he knows the stuff that needs to happen in the future and he is rejoicing over us and because of us with singing. Um, he knows he has chosen us, he has called us, he has put us in the positions that we're in and he knows what's coming up in the future. Um, he, wasn't, he wasn't surprised about corona, he knew it was coming and that he is preparing us for the task ahead, for the year ahead as it continues for us. Thank you. Can we remove the screen? That'd be brilliant. Um, in, the, in my workshop this afternoon, I'm going to go into some more details about how we can inspire families in their faith at home. So if we're not trying to shove God into their list of things, what are we trying to do? And the, and the three things that I... Um, I would say is we need to model it. So we need to um, be investing in our own faith at home. We need to encourage them in it. Um, we need to spot the things that they are doing and build them up and, and help them to know that they are actually doing stuff that's great. And we need to resource them. I'm a children's worker like you, and I often jump to resourcing families before I have modelled or encouraged. And so we're going to talk a little bit about how the best way to resource people is. And I'm also going to run through a whole load of um, ideas of activities and things that we can give people to do. But the best ideas are these type of ideas. OK, and I speak as a mum as well as a children's worker. So the best ideas, um, and I've got these all written down on a web post for you. So I'll, I'll pop that up in the chat as we... Um, as we close this. But so here are the best ideas. The best ideas are simple. The best ideas are, ooh, the best ideas are to finish on time. The best ideas are simple. They are seasonal. They are accessible. They're easy to do. The best ideas are open-ended. So they have um, the possibility of going on for much longer. The best ideas are fun. Let's try to make the God stuff fun, people. <laughs> um, the best ideas are replicable. They're things that other people can take and use, aren't they? Um, the best ideas are things that can be repeated. So things that can become habits or rituals in our homes. The best ideas are things or ways that families can explore together. Um, rather than giving people something that's just a teaching that we kind of throw at them, but actually giving them tools to be able to explore the Bible and explore prayer and explore faith together. And that actually gives them, it's like the whole thing of giving a man of, um, teaching a man to fish rather than giving him the fish. Let's give people the tools to explore. Um, as, as we spotted earlier, I think you might have spotted in those stories about encounters of God at home and that those times often involve food. Um, I know for some families that's tricky, but for lots of us, 
that's um, food is a great way to um, to engage. I find that pretty much anything, even like really boring stuff that I might want to do with my kids, if I do it and I provide food, um, they're much more open to that. Um, and the fifth thing is the best ideas have variety and choice. And I'm going to go through those 10 and give you some real specifics. I've actually made a web post with some specific ideas, with links and a whole load of articles and things, which I'm going to share afterwards. But that just gives you a little taster of how I feel like we can inspire families in their faith at home. But I hope that you have been inspired and that you have a sense of God's delight over you, God's delight concerning you this morning. Thank you. Thank you so much, Victoria. That was absolutely brilliant. And like you have just described, although Faith at Home isn't new, it's great to have you exploring with us throughout today some new ways that churches can support and resource parents to explore faith with their children. So, of course, we'll be looking forward very much to your seminar this afternoon. So it's time to have a look now to see what kind of comments have been posted in response to Victoria's talk in the chat and in our Facebook group. Um, if you are using the Facebook group, there is a post with Victoria's face at the top, so you can pop your questions in there. Uh, so I'll hand you back over to Stephen and Lindsay, who will no doubt have some questions ready. Thanks. Uh, it's um, uh, again, I think there's a lot of people just kind of processing through all of that stuff. Um, and, uh, and certainly some questions in terms of uh, whether... Uh, some of this will be available to listen back to. And I think there's, there's often that there's a lot of stuff going on, um, which is perhaps a question I don't know the answer to. Um, that's maybe a Sarah question for a bit, little bit later on. Uh, but, you know, a lot of richness in that. And in particular, is un unpacking those those passages. Um, it is, I always think it's fascinating when you get back to really getting into the text and understanding it um, and, you know, new insights there, which I think uh, were really encouraging. Um uh, in terms of uh, uh, questions, uh, how do you suggest engaging with families in the first place? <laughs> well, making contact with families, yes. So I, I think that what Ben said earlier um, is a really powerful thing, that actually children are often the best people to connect with other children. Um, so, for example, if I wanted to run a pancake party and to do an outreach to children in my area, I would... Um, get two or three families who I thought would be in my, that already part of my church and part of my group that I thought would be up for that and then get them to invite their friends. Um, ask the children of those church families, what would your friends like? What would you like to do for your friends? What do you think, what one thing could we do with your friends that does pancakes and introduces them to Jesus in some way? Exactly what Ben was saying about you know, children often have the ideas, like my kids came up with smash the bag. Um, they often come up with the, the the answers to the questions that we think are really difficult and we feel like we need to be really creative, but they are already. So I'm just going to kind of push back a little bit on that one and say, uh, so for our churches where perhaps there is, um, you know, we've got, we've got, we've not got the, those, those young families there. We've not got that mm. contact. What are the ways then to, to engage? If we've not got those children who can talk to children, how might mm. we as a church trying to create an environment that says, do you know what? We'd love to welcome families here. What, what can we do to, that might help us to kind of move on that journey? Yeah, I, I think providing places where the activities are uh, applied to that list of 10 things that I, I said, because those activities won't be necessarily just for children. So, for example, if you can provide a simple way to reflect on Jesus during Easter that involves people coming to your church building to collect something or 
or, or something that happens on Zoom, you can provide something that happens for the adults in your congregation that is accessible because it's fun and it can be repeated. So, for instance, you could do a simple prayer for you know, um, to the beginning of Lent using a candle and you could have a stack of candles at church that people can come and collect a candle from church if they don't have a candle. And then you have something that's a group thing that you invite people to come to. So you either put it on a poster outside your church to let them know you put it on a Facebook group. If you've got connections with the school, then you invite the school to, to join in with that. So you give out things that can be sent home. So you're finding ways of making it so that the stuff that you do works for everybody um and that will also make it so that families can come in does that make sense so like you know when i go to my mum's house she doesn't serve up food that my kids won't eat um because much as i would like that that's that makes my life hell <laughs> so when i go to my mum's house she makes food that adults and children like so that we can all share the food together and i think that's that's our challenge and that's where we need to get creative and that's where it is handy even if you haven't got families at your church you do need to speak to some families about what makes it work? For instance, the timing of events um, is something that if you haven't got children under five, it's very easy to forget how tired parents are with under fives and how early those kids go to bed. And that actually tea time for them is five, um, not seven. So like my, my small group ran a let's have a meal that we all make together online and they held it at half past seven. And I was like, we finished and cleared up by then. That doesn't help me at all. <laughs> so, you know, those sorts of questions, it's really helpful to have some people that you know outside of your church, if you don't have families in there, um, to ask those questions or what would be a good, would this work for you? How could we, how could we change this to make it more accessible? If all else fails, yeah, if all else fails, just go for a massive piñata in the church, perhaps. <laughs> Smash the bag <laughs> in the church, yeah. <laughs> Lindsay, is there anything there from, from Facebook? Yeah, we have someone saying, do you have, do your ideas cater for children with additional needs or do you just adjust anything? Um, I would say yes. I'm, I don't have a special section for people with additional needs because that's a huge, like broad, I mean, if I say this, if this works for additional needs, it will obviously work for some people with certain additional needs and not for others. Again, for me, the thing is um, being really aware of what the needs are that we're meeting and making things simple enough and accessible enough that different people can access them. So, for example, one of the uh, thinking about doing things with food, like a pancake party, if you have a family where a child is fed with a tube, um, this probably isn't going to be the, their favourite activity. Not, not definitely not, but it just might not be something because food for them is a, a loaded um, thing. And so for them, that might not be doing. I wouldn't rule them out, but you just need to be aware that that's a possibility. In the same way as um, if you have a child, if you have children who have autism or who are sensory sensitive, doing something in a building can often be very difficult for them. Whereas doing something on Zoom can often be more accessible for those children because they have the opportunity to just mute everybody or to turn off their video or to walk away from it in a way that in a church group face to face, they wouldn't be able to do. So actually, you might find that there are some people with additional needs that will be able to engage with things in a in a way that they can online that they can't um that they couldn't do um, in the whole thing. So, uh, yeah, so I don't have a specific section, but I'd be really interested if the person who asked that question has something in particular in mind, a particular additional need that they can they can message me or ask me on the Facebook group because yeah. um, it'd be really, I, I should be able to spot like three or four things that uh, really work for them. One of the things that I've put up on my Facebook page, people want to find me, um, is uh, an article about, I think it's got 40 or 50 ideas for Lent and Easter for families to do. I mean, in fact, actually, if somebody's in charge of the screen, the last 
screen or my PowerPoint has got my tags for people to be able to find me on Facebook and email and things, we could have that put up. Um, but um, yes, this post on my Facebook page is basically got, it's a paste that goes through to my website with 40 plus ideas to do with Easter. But what I've done is I've kind of created it so that if you came to me and said, I've got a five-year-old child who has autism, he doesn't like being given things to do. He wants to choose things himself. I've got I've got specific things that will work for different types of families. So if you're a family that likes baking or if you're a family that loves Lego or if you're a family with mostly under fives. And so I've gone through that. And I think that's something that we can do um, as children's workers and family workers because we know the families that we could just tag them in an activity that we think might might be up their street something that's easy for them to do I haven't written a list of 40 because I expect anybody to do all of them um I really want people to be able to just go on and pick one um so I can put that as a link in the chat actually I think in our digital goodie bags which will be sent out at the end of uh today there is actually going to be a link in there to those 40 activities within the goodie bags themselves so hopefully everyone should get access to that that is so organized isn't it just Uh, we've got one last question uh, from Facebook, which is regarding faith at home. Mm. Um, I'm sorry, LJ, if I'm reading this out wrong and get the tone wrong, but it's cha- it seems to be about changing. How do you go about changing the shift of people's thoughts about children's leaders or those who cover church on a Sunday to parents be able to do faith at home during the week too? So that shift in Sunday coverage to throughout the week coverage. Wow, yeah, that is a huge, that is a huge thing, isn't it? I think it comes down to those three things that I said about how to get, how to inspire people in their faith at home. First thing is modelling it. Faith is way more caught than it is taught. And so the way that we live our faith is something that people who live with us are likely to catch. And I don't just mean live with us in our home, but live with us in our lives. So the people we hang out with rub off on us, don't they? If you hang out with somebody who's grumpy or sweary or who drinks too much, you are likely to become a drunk, drunk, grumpy, sweary person. Um, In the same way, if you hang out with people who are really godly and who are generous and who are compassionate, you're likely to get a bit more generous and compassionate and godly by accident, just by hanging out with them. And that's why Faith at Home works, because kids spend more time at home than they do anywhere else. They spend more time with their parents than they do anybody else. Um, And so it means that we need to be people who are living our faith. And whether we've got kids at home or not, it's about giving people windows to see what it means to live our life, our faith as a daily thing, as a thing that happens all the time. And as we do that, we can invite people into our lives. And I'm going to share a little bit more, more about that this afternoon, about ways I've seen that happen that just um, gentle ways to invite people in that they then adopt the thing that they've done with you um, the second thing is to encourage people um, I'm going to talk more about this but I think spotting what people already do so within your church you might find that you might, you might think gosh these parents are completely disengaged they're not discipling their children in the slightest but actually the science shows us there's been quite a lot of studies in the last five or six years that show how faith at home grows faith at home grows through good relationships between parents and children it grows through families spending time together it grows through the amount of love the amount of connection and emotional connection and actually those things are things that all families want to do and want to have more of in their homes and we can spot those things so having a cuddle with the baby on the sofa is growing faith at home reading a book together is faith is growing a faith at home there's a whole load of stuff which we wouldn't think of as spiritual 
that is just life and and that actually does grow faith at home. And if we can spot those things um, in families and encourage those things, they will begin to grow and become something more fruitful. And then the third way is to resource it. And as I've said, with these ideas of trying to resource it with something that's really bespoke and niche and something that really works for that family, rather than our general tenancy, which is mine as well, is to make one thing and try and make it work for everybody, um, which is really, really tough and generally doesn't work. So I'm going to speak more on those three things though again this afternoon. So um, if you want to look, LJ, I know that you you might want to talk a bit more about that. So if you are coming to my workshop, remind me when we're in there and we'll talk a bit more about how we kind of shift that balance because it's a, that's a huge, that's not really a question for the end of the session. <laughs> that's like a whole session. <laughs> we end it big. We hope that you've enjoyed this talk. For more resources and training, please visit our resource area on bdeducation.org.uk.